What time is it, Mike? It's time to flip it to the B-side. Man, that sounded so good. Your voice is perfect for this. Let's drop the needle on that. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm just going to give you like the cue cards to step I want to say and have you say it. <laughs> I want to hear my thoughts with your voice. <laughs> it's like everybody wants to have Morgan Freeman like uh, oh, during yeah. their life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike and Micah, we might as well leave. I'm telling you, they don't need us. Exactly. <laughs> I got this old raspy sounding voice over here. Mike's over sounds like he's talking to my bedroom. Mike's, Mike's, <laughs> yeah. Mike's over there smoothing call with that voice. Come on down to I-44 Motors and we'll get you a brand new car, says right. Mike. But wait, right. there's more. Right. <laughs> Just pay shipping and handling for the second one and it's free. That's right. That's right. Lifetime oil changes. <laughs> well, surprise, surprise, guys. That's all going on the episode. So welcome, oh, back. welcome back to another episode of the Broken Record Ministries podcast. And you're listening to the B side of the record. Mm-hmm. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Is that did. pretty good? Yeah. I've got a tagline for us too. You ready? Oh, yeah. Where our only script is the scripture. Oh, oh I like nice. that. So, yeah, that's, that's not nice. like material, right? How long did that take you? Like three or four days. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I thought that doesn't gun smoke, but right not. That's yeah. later. No, he's already, was, he's, already you know. he's already went through the gun smoke trilogy. Oh, he ended it all with Matt Dillon. Miss Kitty don't ever say nothing. Oh, I got more. I've got to do the holster ready to, we're just ready to draw it. <laughs> <Yeah, go with. laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't remember what I was going to say. Let's introduce the cast of characters. I'm Carl with the C. Alpha Mike's with me. How you doing? Coffee Mike, you didn't want to have coffee today's with me. Well, thank you for the coffee. It's good. <laughs> Pastor Mike's here. How you doing? And Brother Bob. What's happening? Uh, what are we going to talk about, guys? Well, I want to talk about the, the nicknames first. Do you notice how C- Carl with a C changed his from professor to Carl with a C? I've never, to be he, fair. He's the narrator. He knew what he wants. Yeah, see? You know, I've never called myself Professor Carl. Well, I know that. See? I don't, I don't, I don't like calling myself that. It feels like a pride well, issue. Yeah. I won't tell anybody else no, but I ain't going to say it about myself. Very, no, very much. Yeah. I, I don't call myself Alpha Mike. Either, you know, <laughs> That's true. Like, can you, you all know my wife. Can you imagine me going home and being like, okay, so you have to call me this from now on. Well, I'd like to <laughs> do that. Please call us. Yeah, call us. Yeah. I want to be the little fly. <laughs> yeah, call us up for that. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I don't want to come back with two hey, black eyes. But you know, you notice <laughs> yeah. when he gets called Alpha Mike or he gets called Professor. You see how puffy they get? Oh, they get yeah. They turn into like marshmallow men. Oh, come on, that's not. <laughs> I'm thinking of those fish in the ocean. You know, yeah. swell up real big. Yeah, that's it. Oh, puffer, puffer fish. Puffer fish. Oh, no, no. <laughs> All right, so I got a question. Does God talk to you guys? Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes. Does he ever speak to you in unorthodox ways? Oh yeah, um, uh, right before here. I mean, you know, I I feel bad because I set the time because I was like, oh, I've got something else going on. I need, you know, and I was trying to get out of there, but I was doing some counseling with a gentleman, and uh, you know, God was talking to me through that with 
the things I needed to say to him. And it's that I was pointing the finger, mm -hmm. but there were more pointing back at me, mm -hmm. you know? So it was, I'm saying this because I need to hear it. Yeah. You know, without realizing I needed to hear this because it was one of those, right? Wait, wait, I'm not, it's, it's not the same. I mean, like literally it's not, I'm not feeling it the same as what I'm trying to express, but it's still something I need to hear. It's still something I need to take into heart and fix in myself just in a different manner if that, if you will. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That makes sense. And so it was, so it was funny you said that because I was actually thinking that on the way over. That's <laughs> incredible. Well, it's not only, you know, for me, he doesn't only talk and to the horse. He gets my attention any way he can. Mm. And it may be just something just absolutely that I do stupid at work, you know. He's like, oh, I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. trying to tell me something here, God? You know, I mean, seriously, it just uh, he'll, he'll get your attention no matter how. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you. He's going to do it. Oh, 100%. I agree. I, I I think he uses my wife more often than not to grab my attention. Mm -hmm. I'll do something stupid, and she'll say, you're still wearing that cross around your neck, I see. Mm -hmm. Is that like a daily thing? Uh, Sometimes three or four times a day. <laughs> but, you know, I would say sorry, but I'm really I know you're yeah. not. But anyway. <laughs> sorry, uh, not sorry. You yeah. know, that does grab my attention. It draws, maybe I was, did I say something? Did I behave improperly? Was that not godly? Mm -hmm. And she calls me out on that. It, man, it just bites right at me. Oh, yeah. I'm going, well, wait a minute. Don't get mad at her. She's the messenger because she's right. And I'm um, wrong. Wrong. There it is. You're, you're incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. I can say that. Yes. What, about, what about when your kids do it? Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, doing the podcast and we've heard before my 18 year old upstairs uh before and maybe yelling out some expl explicit language you shouldn't be using on a video <laughs> game and i gotta go out and dad's got to do the little correction of is it really worth it you know to yeah, yell at that the phone's like hey yeah is it that you know is it was it worth it to yell that kind of language on for a video game and then uh, driving down the road and somebody cuts me off or something and i say use, use about the same language Hey, Dad, is it worth it? Mm. Hey, stop it. All right. You know? <laughs> it's, it's terrible when you got to eat that crow. It, mm -hmm. oh, it tastes awful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My, my daughter and son saw me baptized when I was about 30. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was now yeah, 29, 30, somewhere along in there. I don't remember what I was. And for the longest time, my little crow. Years. Too many years. Yeah. But she, uh, for the longest time, would. I do something, and she said, "Daddy, do you need to be rebaptized?" Mm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think God speaks to everybody in unorthodox ways. I do. It's just, are we paying attention? Do we hear Him? Do we see what it's for? What it's there for? for and are correction? we applying? And are we are yeah. we going to apply that correction to our lives? That's that's the way I see it. Uses creation too. I think, you know, I'm kind of a. I tend to be a little bit of a worry wart sometimes, and no Saturday, yeah, Saturday I was <laughs> fretting. <laughs> Saturday I was fretting, and you know, God answered every everything I'd asked God to do. He He answered, and so then I'm walking up to here to the church, and I see this great big rainbow in the sky, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it was a reminder: you need to give me thanks, you need to give me praise because I've answered every single thing that you've asked me to do today. Yeah, and and so I and I think I think music. I mean, for me, just music, 
I mean, I, God speaks to me a lot through music. I love listening to, to good music. And, you know, you hear some radio stations sometimes say the right song at the right time. And mm. I think that's more true than sometimes we admit. I agree. Because oh, yeah. there's times I'm going through something, I'll just start my car and then there'll, there'll be, there'll oh. be some line in a song and I'll be like, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Really? Right as I started the car, that's yeah. that's the song. Yeah. Yep. Or you have that. I I have that one song that always just yeah. hits. Like like mine's redeemed. Yep. It just yeah. since the first time I heard it, and so yeah, I'll just be too long, and I may even have it on shuffle, you know, yep. to where maybe I'm not listening to the most God honoring music, and mm -hmm. then that comes on, it and it's yeah. just yep. Well, and yeah. goes up, and yeah. I mean, it's just automatic. Yeah. It's just like this. Okay, he, he's telling me I need to focus on him. I'm Absolutely. getting too too big I, for my britches. Or... Some '80s rock the other day, and, and oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> hair the station I was listening to. Actually threw in some Bible scripture. I'm like, are you kidding me? Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nice. I like it. And, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But God will God will remind you that He's there. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He will. You know, I re-listened to our podcast and I sat through them. And I can't tell you the number of times, even though I sat through that podcast, I missed something one of y'all said. Yeah. And I needed to hear it right when I was listening to that podcast. Right. I, mean, I don't do it because I'm vain. I, I I learned a long time ago that I get something more if I listen back to what we talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that so happens to me a lot too. I'm hoping that you know whatever we say helps someone out there, but it turns around and helps me again. So, yeah, he he he's always moving. He's you know, it's hard for me to listen to the podcast because, mm -hmm. for one thing, if 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 I could cut myself out of the out of the listening as far as hearing it, I could listen to everybody else. But right. That just, uh, I'm like, did I really say that? Or, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very self critical. That's, that's, yeah. that's kind of how I am. I'm more critical of myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What is, that was really not relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll listen to you guys like that. It sounded good at the time. I was like, yeah. I probably yeah. shouldn't have. It sounded better in my head yeah. when it came out. Yeah. It actually that's, came out more. And that's everything that comes out of my mouth. And in the head zone, it's super good. It's terrible. Somehow, as it filters down, it goes away. Every time. Every time. So there's two things you brought up, Micah, that I'm kind of in awe of because, like, I had a reason for asking that question. And one was about worry, the silliness of worry. And one was his perfect timing, mm. how his timing so perfect. So uh, I've been drinking these these things called Pepsi Nitros because I was getting them at small group. Mm -hmm. And I know, don't flame me in the comments or on social media. They're not healthy. I get it. I and they're not a sponsor either. No, they're yeah. not. They never will be. I should be eating organic $30 tomatoes and bathing in essential oils every day. I understand, Ooh. but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Pepsi Nitros <laughs> instead. You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, that's a, a different turn. Sorry. That's a vision I don't want in my head. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, you guys made it weird. It was yeah. perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah. Here's the reason why we're weird. It wasn't your mind. It wasn't all one. All of our minds set sail on Gutter Island. That's right. So anyway, these things are like grenades. AIDS, right like they're super super carbonated and every time you open them they explode on you they're not carbonated carl well whatever they are they got <clears throat> whatever's in them well, they're explosive they use liquid nitrogen and it's a drip the same principle when you get a bottle of water that's soft it hasn't had nitrogen dripped in it and then capped the nitrogen builds inside the bottle that's what makes it rigid so pepsi nitro is probably carbonated to a point you're probably correct but I'm sure there's some nitrogen drip going into that. Mm. 
do you coffee. want to be? Do you want to be called the professor and now? And coffee, Mike. Yes, has, uh, you should. And coffee, Mike has become the science guy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's twenty years of working for Pepsi Cola. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I forgot. I coffee, forgot, Mike, the know. science yeah. guy. There you go. Mike, the science guy. Second like generation it. Pepsi man. I grew up doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back back to my story. My, so I'm not the professor. I'm trying to I think clarify that. It was actually Nike that you're saying just do it. Yeah. No. They're not a sponsor either, though. Wrong company. Every time you open them, they explode on you. Yeah. And and God's been really teaching me a lot about his perfect timing for a long time anyway. And uh, I found that if you just barely pop the tab and wait like a second and a half exactly and then pop it the rest of the way, it doesn't spill out. If If, if you pop it too fast, it'll spill out where you drank from, if you do it too slow, that little center thing, it'll, it'll spill out of there. Hmm. But if you do it just right, if you do it just right, it won't, it won't, it won't explode on you. Mm. Right. And I kind of jokingly prayed about that. I'm like, this is like your timing, isn't it? God, like never too early, never too late. Always just perfect. It was like a running joke almost for yeah, a couple yeah. of days. So I went on a walk and I took one of these things with me. I hadn't opened it yet. And on the way I'm, I'm holding this can. And on the way I run into this guy before I get out of my neighborhood and I say, Hey, how you doing? And he, he, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he made some comment about how, you know, you know, it's, it's okay, but it's always good when you got, you know, when you're walking with God, God always makes things better every step of the way. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. God bless. And he was walking, he was walking away. When I said, God bless, he like stopped, like it surprised me. I turned around, I was like, thanks, you too. All right. And walked away. I'm like, oh, that just felt good. That was really cool. But I was kind of beating myself up after. I'm like, maybe I should have stopped and prayed with that guy. Maybe that was some sort of a sign. You know what I mean? And I did, and I was kind of beating myself up. Maybe I should have said more than mm. just God bless. You know what I mean? What, I mean, what's that? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing meaty there about that. Anyway, I'm walking through and I open this, this Pepsi Nitro and I, I use my method, my perfect method. And it still exploded on me. <laughs> and I'm like, are you teaching me something about your timing? Like I felt in my spirit, like he was saying, there's a lesson in timing here. Mm -hmm. Right. He wanted to just stop drinking that stuff. Probably that, well, yeah. but I'm, you know, we're getting there. Yeah, All right. We're getting there. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I didn't know how long of a story it was. Sorry. <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> So I keep walking and where I walk, I walk along, I walk, walk along the road on the sidewalk and then I come to the college and then I do a loop through their parking lot. So I did a loop through their parking lot and walk back where I was coming and I run into this guy that I know from another church. His name's Jack. And some said I needed to talk to him. But I did and we stopped and we had a really cool conversation and prayed together, right? And it was just incredible. Mm -hmm. And I come out of that like, man, that felt really good. And then it hit me. If I had stopped to talk to the first guy, it would have taken me like one, two minutes, and it would have been just enough time for Jack to have been on the sidewalk while I was looping through the parking lot would have completely missed him. Perfect mm -hmm. timing. The perfect timing led me to talk to the right person. Well, I was, I was planning on telling that story, just as sort of a funny story today. So I went on the same walk again, trying to kind of process, you know, do you want me to talk about this? You know, how do, you know, how do you want me to tell this story? And I'm walking, and I kid you guys not, I walked the same path, and I'm thinking about this story specifically, and I take that loop, and right when I come to where the sidewalk meets the that college parking lot, same guy meets me. Mm. Same guy, and we beeline to each other and had like a 10-minute conversation. I prayed for him. He prayed over me, prayed for his brother, and then he stops before he leaves, and he tells me this story. I didn't lead the conversation. He just tells this out of nowhere. And he was, he was telling me how he used to be in a biker gang. He was, he was, it was really rough before he came to Christ, like in the rough ones, like the outlaws, the warlocks, the real, the real bad ones, right? Mm -hmm. And he was telling, telling me about how when he came to Christ in the 80s, he, uh, he and his brother were at a church. It was like a revival and an evangelist was there. And he was lecturing everybody there about how if you're really a follower of Jesus, if you really love Jesus and you're really saved, you'll wear a suit everywhere you go. 
I don't care if you're a mechanic, you'll have a suit on no matter what, because that's just, that's the outpouring of Jesus in you. And he said, I looked over at my brother and like, well, I guess this isn't for us, huh? <sighs> Got up and left. And he was like, I was done. I walked away. And he said he sat down to the TV that night. And he had no intention whatsoever of turning on a Christian program. Turn the TV on and the Christian program comes up or comes on specifically about a Christian biker group. Mm, and he yeah. was like, that's when, that's when he got me. He's like, he basically told me in that moment, I'm not letting you get away that, that easy. Mm -hmm. He tells me a story about God's perfect timing to draw him back while God's teaching me about his perfect timing <laughs> while I'm meditating on another story about his perfect timing involving the exact same guy. Yeah. I walked away awestruck. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely awestruck. And it all started with one of those nasty Pepsi nitros. That's See, pretty cool. I can talk at you through anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's all I got, guys. I'm tapped out. Man, that's, that <laughs> is insane. And, and it, I don't know what's more insane. Uh, you know, the fact that it happened, or of course, that it still surprises us. Yeah. It should still I, I, surprise us. Anytime I mean, God does anything like that, we should be in awe. awe. Absolutely. That's the right word, yeah. awe. I don't think it's so much surprise. It's yeah. just being awestruck. Yeah. Yeah. Just excited by it. Yeah. And you know, right. awe isn't really a surprise. When you're in awe of God, that means you really deeply love God. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an expression of love. Yes. Yeah. Before we dig into to where we were going to read at in our Bible study, for those of you listening, we're going to start in Joshua chapter 3, and I kind of want to make a couple connections. We'll read that in a second. But on the roundtable this week, we had talked about faith. Mm -hmm. You guys all remember that? Yep. I felt like I kind of rushed that a little bit, but I always feel rushed on the roundtable because I don't want to, like, take up anybody's time. So <laughs> kind of fumble through and just say it as fast as I possibly can so somebody else can, can get to it. But I wanted to talk about that a little bit more, about what faith actually is. Now, we had talked about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, and, and how it translates the Greek word pistiuho, which is a, a derivative of the word pistis. That's where we get faith in, in English from the Greek word pistis. But it's more than just belief. That's part of it. You know, belief is part of it, but I think like a full, a full understanding of faith in God is believing in God, trusting in God, trusting that he has all the timing worked out, that he's, he's got everything planned out ahead of time. And putting that into practice with what you do. So belief, trust, and action, I would say, is like a full understanding of faith. Would you guys agree with that, basically? I would say yes. Yeah. I would say obedience, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. obedience. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean by putting yeah. it into practice, yeah. but that's yeah. a better word is obedience. Yeah. But not just obedience. Like, obedience is part of faith, but obedience is not faith. Yes. If mm -hmm. that makes Correct. sense. Yeah. Correct. You could be obedient and still not have faith in God. Yes. Exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah, because being just being obedient means you're just checking boxes mm -hmm. and you're not fully doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think a good way to understand we talked a little bit about you had brought up marriage, how like your wife speaks to you and and or God speaks through your wife to you. Uh, Pistis is based upon the Hebrew concept of a munah. It's the nearest Greek equivalent of a munah in Hebrew, which is Hebrew faith. And I talked upon the roundtable about how that's covenant faithfulness. The best way to understand that is with marriage language. Like how, how a marriage is a covenant between mm -hmm. a man and a woman. And that's essentially what it's likened to. Uh, what does it mean to be faithful to your spouse? To be faithful? To be faithful. What does that mm -hmm. mean? To be truly faithful to your spouse, what does that mean? Well, you can, okay. You can kind of, you can be faithful by, you know, not cheating on them. But it, to truly be faithful to your wife means that you love her enough 
and so much that you would not even think about doing anything like that. Yep. Because you don't want to hurt her. Because exactly. I agree. Yeah. I'll go back to the Bible and loving her like Christ loved the church. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's all encompassing. It's the nurturing and yeah. the and being the the leader that God's called us to be, not a dictator. Right. Right. But the godly, fearful leader. And um But every now and then trying to trying to understand them, which that's almost impossible sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, my we'll wife doesn't. Usually, my wife doesn't usually listen to the podcast, so I can. Watch God. This will be the one episode. You talk about God's timing. This will be the one episode. You remember what you I said? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I could see it now. Uh, I decided to check out the beef side. <laughs> I might just send her a clip. I should go start sweating profusely. So what did I say on that? I haven't heard that one. I don't remember. Yeah, you could have been reading my note card, Bob. I think you point was. blank, you could have been reading my note card on Yeah. To me, the word that really encompasses it is it's devotion. Mm-hmm. When we too often when we think if you're if you're faithful to your spouse, our mind just goes straight to not cheating. Right. If you're faithful, you're not cheating, and that's all there is to it. Well, there's so much more to that. Oh, right. There's so much more. It's devotion. And and devotion involves love. Mm-hmm. If you truly loved your spouse, the outpouring of that is that you won't cheat on them. Mm-hmm. If if you have so let me give an example. So if if you're extremely harsh with your wife. You have no love for him whatsoever, but you have enough of an understanding of right and wrong that you don't cheat on him. Is that faithfulness? Will that will that lead to a healthy marriage? No, 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 no. because you're just you're just checking a box. Okay. I mean, that's all you're doing, checking a box. You know, when Bob pulled up today, or I pulled up, Bob was here early. Um, he asked me how I was doing since my wife's been gone. I said, well, you know, for the first twelve hours, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to lay around in my underwear and scratch myself or whatever I wanted to do. No way, you can't do that when your wife's around. Why well, I do, but you know, mind. So, yeah, but I do, but I mean, you know, it's, oh, okay. it's totally different when the wife's. You know, I, I can't just throw my shoes in the middle of the floor or throw my dirty drawers in the middle of the floor. Whatever I want to do, I can do, and I did that for the first twelve hours. After I did all those things that she says, "Don't do," you know, "do this, do that," I was like. Well, this this kind of sucks. So I went and picked up my own underwear, picked up my own shoes, put them away. I even loaded the dishwasher and ran it. Did some laundry, and I'm thinking, wow. Okay, well, for the next seven days and twelve hours, this is really gonna suck. <laughs> but you know, I love her so much. She needed to go see her sisters, and she's gone. But what a hole in my life without my woman. Standing next to my side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The woman who got me through a stroke and several heart attacks, taught me to dress myself again, helped me learn to walk and talk. The things you take for granted, mm-hmm. just the little things she does around the house. I'm not talking about house cleaning. But I'm talking about making a house a home. Mm-hmm. Man, that's what I miss when she's gone. I miss, I miss her. And I have to take care of that crazy cat of hers, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Or the bad with good, however you want to put it. Yeah, but you know that you're so right, Carl. It's more than just not cheating on your wife. Absolutely. It's it's a deep, deep feeling of respect for your wife, your your companion. You are journeying through life together, and. You're going through the ups and downs. And on my side, my wife's had more downs in the last 20 years than she's had ups because of me. And for her to stick by my side, I, there's not another loyal woman like her out there that I know that could have done what she did. 
to hold our family together. And when I, th- when I apply that to what I think about the way God looks at us, think of our ups and downs and the things that he's done for us to keep us close to him, or we, we're trying to get close to him, and he still comes to us because we screw up all the time. I screw up every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard an acronym for the word pray. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've been using that a lot in my prayer prayer time. And the yielding, believe it or not, the why is the hardest, because more or less you're standing there, you're sitting there or lying there, kneeling or whatever you're doing. And my understanding of yielding is shut your mouth and listen. Now, I like to talk, so shutting my mouth is a problem. So I'm, I'm learning how to yield to listen. What does he have? What does he want me to do? What is my step of faith into the Jordan? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I'm sharing that. That just popped into this little head of mine. I hope it's useful for somebody out there. It's because of what it's what God's laid on your heart. Yep. Somebody needed it. Yep. Yep. Let's look at the opposite end of that spectrum. If you if you say you love your spouse. You, you say all the right things, you give the lip service, but for example, let's say uh, you celebrate your ex's anniversary in her name. You think she's going to feel very loved? Not in my house, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how that's going to go over? Mm-hmm. You guys are going to be coming to a funeral. <laughs> yep, right. yep. So it's all encompassing. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Devotion is more than just rule keeping. It's, it's more than yep. just the vows. The vows are part of it. But it's more than just the vows. It's love. It's respect. It's 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 all those things wrapped up into one. You can't take one element out and think you're going to have a healthy marriage. Yeah. Well, you know, Mm-mm. when when God when God puts man and woman together, what's He say? When you all become wed, you become one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not two no more. There's just one. Right. And if you're not one, if you're still separate and you're two, your marriage is not going to work. Right. I mean, it, you know. Uh, like my wife, her, her her season's over with, so she doesn't get up and go to work with me every morning like she did. I mean, me and my wife rode to, rode to work every morning, rode home every morning, and I miss that. I mean, you know, when she's not with me, I'm like, man, because undoubtedly every time we're in that truck, she's always got her, she's always holding my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always expressing her love to me, you know, and I, I get spoiled with that. Yeah, You know, I, I get I love it when she's with me because honestly, she is my very best friend in the world. Yep. You know, she's, she's, I got lucky. I found my soulmate. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, give me my soulmate. So yeah, we've been blessed. together, we've been together 41 years and yeah. I'm ready to do another 41. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it just, I, I just love being around her. Sure. We got our ups and downs. Everybody does, you know, everybody's got bad days. Everybody's got good days. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, the thing is, is when our bad days come about, you know, we can work too. We can we can sit and talk to each other. We can scream at each other, but yet we still love each other through all that. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have bad days. Yep. It just it it just is because we live in a broke world. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell my tell my wife uh, if we go through a bad time, I'd still there's nobody else in the world I'd rather go through the bad time exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. Who better than your wife to go through a bad time with? Yep. 
The reason I bring all that up is because consistently throughout Scripture, you see him liken his father, liken his relationship to us with marriage language. Mm -hmm. That's why we're called the bride of Christ, because there's that marital language. And essentially the vows, you know, the the covenant, they they received the covenant at Sinai, and we're told that in the new covenant in Jeremiah 31 and Ezekiel 36, we're, we're told that the new covenant, those vows are written on our heart. It's the same vows. It's just a different... Um, function, mm-hmm. right? It deals with the heart issue, essentially. The reason I bring that up, he uses marriage language for a reason. The vows matter, mm-hmm. but the heart matters more. And I think you see both ends of the spectrum in the error on what we just kind of talked about when we, when we liken this to our relationship with the Eternal Father. You know, ancient Judaism, they were all about the vows, but they were harsh with their relationship with him. Mm-hmm. There was no real love of the father. It was just strict rule keeping. Like if they didn't cheat on him, everything would be okay. Yeah, they, they didn't really just, have to love him that much. Just checking boxes. But on the mainstream Christian side of it, I think we do the opposite. I think we, we think that if we give lip service and we say we love and we have an emotional response to him, we can ignore a lot of the vows. And if we applied how we treat the father to our, our human spouses, our marriage would fall apart. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why sometimes our relationship with him feels like it's fallen apart. But when we treat him with disrespect, when we don't treat him with devotion, with the sort of devotion that we just talked about and what we just described, why would we expect our relationship with him to be healthy? Right. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. faith and devotion, covenant faithfulness is more than believing he exists and trusting what he can do for you. Right. It's also receiving and accepting and applying what he expects us to do for him, mm-hmm. just like a marriage. Yep. It's no different. If, if, if you have a marriage and, and one spouse does everything for the other spouse while the other one just reaps all the rewards and does nothing in return, that marriage, I guarantee you, is not going to be a healthy one. They may do a good job of putting on a show on the outside, but if you, if you got, a, if you got a, a fly on the wall glimpse on the inside of that marriage, it's not good guarantee you it's not good yeah well it's just like in any relationship and especially when you're talking about a marriage you know it it takes work constant work you're you're constantly changing if you've been with somebody for longer than a year they're not the same person that they were you know 40 years rose isn't the same person as when you guys got married you're not the same person you know so it's constantly changing so you have to evolve and you have to you have to change together through all the right. ups and downs. But you know, I can honestly say that I love her more now than I did when we first got married. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I know I mean, exactly you know, what you're but talking yes, about. We have had our ups and downs. Yeah. You know, but our, most of the time when you got your ups and downs and you work through them, that, that just brings you closer together. Mm-hmm. Devotion grows. It does. Oh, yeah. Devotion grows exponentially over time and it never stops growing if it's applied the right way. And I think you see the same thing in our relationship with the father. When you apply it the right way, and you take his expectations seriously and, and, and you reciprocate his love back, that devotion will grow every single day. And I think a lot of the reason we see so many people that their fire's going out is because they're not taken seriously. They're into the, of the covenant. Right. It's all about what they can get from him. Oh, yeah. And when he starts bringing consequence for that, then the fire goes out. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's where I was going was that your relationship with Christ is even more important, obviously. Oh, right. But um, you, you have to constantly work at it. You have to, I mean, he's worked all he can. He's given all he can. 
We have to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so we have to do, and we have to try and match that. Yeah. Again, just like when we talk about, we know we're never going to be perfect, but we're trying to strive to be more like Christ. It's the same thing. We're trying to love him. We're never going to outdo him in anything in love, devotion, anything that we do. Right. But we're still striving to be good like that, you know, and we have to strive for that relationship constantly. And we have to work on it because we've talked a couple of weeks ago. I think it was, uh, Ronnie was talking about the, uh, when he kind of took one thing out that had been his normal, Mm -hmm. he felt the difference that week. It really impacted his different, you know, his week. And I've talked to other people that it's like, I haven't, I haven't done this. Like I haven't done a devotional or gotten in the word since Friday. And it's like, Oh, you feeling a difference? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to get back to it. You can't take away from God. Right. You take away from God, you're taking away from the most important thing in your life. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You, you're all you're going to do is regress. All you're going to do is stay, take a step back. You you know you can add. Absolutely, you can add. And adding, of course, anything more of God is a good thing. But you you take away, and you're going to regress, and you're gonna you're gonna you're you're going to feel it or you should feel it. If you don't, then you're not really in to begin with. Yeah, you don't have that devotion. Well put, yeah. Mike. Well put. Yeah. You may have, you may have uh, seared your connection. Right. If you're not feeling anything, you really need to address that. Yeah. So I, I look over and I notice the coffee, Mike's coffee cup is about three quarters of the way down. So that's my cue to take a break. <laughs> so this week, while we do that, we're going to play this week's featured song, which is show you the way by ASAP preach. Be sure to stick mm. around. We'll catch Good you on the one. other side. Knowing that these last days are evil I wanna try my best just to please you Down a righteous path I will lead you That's what you're telling me I will never leave you You died upon the cross I never would've thought You would die for me Just for me to set me free You don't, don't know how to pray You the word. Just fall on the knees inside. I love you. Lord, I need your strength. I receive you. Can't wait to see your face. Stuck in your presence, Lord, it's so peaceful. I really mean that. When you tell me you love me, and I just cheese back. When I'm feeling anxiety, my heart beats fast. But you tell me to pray. I don't know what to say. I need to realize. Lord, I can't believe that. After all that I've done to you, you stay stuck to me like Teresa. Always taking me back. Forget I'm in love with you. Mercy that you gave, I really needed that. Lord, I'm stuck to you like glue. Gotta hear what you say. When I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I trust all in you. Draw near to your face. Only you can get me through it. Yeah. You don't, you don't know how to pray. Don't know how to pray. Don't know how to pray. 
to see your face Second your presence, Lord, it's so peaceful Welcome back. Again, that was Show You the Way by ASAP Preach. So this week we're going to look at Joshua chapter 3. That's what we said we were going to do on the roundtable. I don't want to shoehorn us in too much. We're not going to get very far. I'm just going to read this first little section. We'll kind of talk about that. There's a connection I want to make. And then we'll bookmark this till next week. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now I'm just going to read this whole section, then we can talk about it after, okay? Is that all right? Yep. Sure. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. And he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh your God with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 3,000 feet by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. That's where we're going to stop. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Just to clarify, because we did on the roundtable, we didn't this time for anybody that maybe didn't listen to that or doesn't know. Right. This is after the 40 years of wandering. Yes. So this is the second time they come to the Jordan. The first time they sent the 12 spies and there was rebellion and... and the father got super mad, and then they went for 40 years so he could deal with their faithlessness. This is after Moses has died. Jordan, or I'm sorry, Jordan. Josh was taken over mm-hmm. as leader of the people, and they're about to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. And they're on the, the western side of the bank getting ready to cross over. That's where we come to here. So they're preparing the people to, God's preparing the people to cross over. That's where we're at here. That's what we just read. Well, the only comment I'd like to make is I'm going to say thank you, Carl, because, you know, I know a lot of people, when they read the word and they see the word cubic, yeah. cubits, they have no idea how big that is. And right. you use, mm-hmm. you know, the English conversion, which is 3,000 feet. I think anytime you can add, you're not adding to the word, but adding understanding. Sure. Yeah, it's just translating Translate cubits to feet. Cubits yeah. to feet or, uh, uh, you know, when they talk about flower, what's an ephah of flower? You know, what does that mean? What does that mean to anybody? I mean, do you know how big, a, I have no idea what that, how big that is. Yeah, I have to look it up. Things like that, though, I think people really like to know because it makes what's on the page understandable for them. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's so important. Sometimes right. I think people will skip over things that are important because they go, "Well, I don't know what that means." Well, the thing is, though, is is when I see something like that because my mind says two thousand cubits. Yep, that's what mine what says. says. You know. That intrigues me because I'm like, well, how big is it? How much is cubits? Right. So that that should intrigue you to absolutely start looking it up. Yeah. You know, there's there's stuff in here that I think that God li- deliberately wrote it that way 
so people would dig in. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like when Jesus done all his teaching abroad, he would say something and the disciples would be like, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. That intrigues you to make you dig in deeper, to look at it harder, to understand it better. Well, I agree with you on that, Bob. But, you know, the only one that comes to mind is the way of the shekel according to the temple. Now, what's the weight of a shekel? I mean, how many how many people really see stuff like that and just go, well, you know, whatever, this is the Old Testament. I don't need to know it. But you do need But you do need to know it. That's <laughs> that's my point. That's what I'm trying to make. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's sort of why I mentioned uh, why I wanted to talk a little bit about marriage and connecting that with a relationship with him because I think there's a pandemic attitude within the Christian churches that everything to the left of Matthew is irrelevant to us. Right. And you can't understand anything to the right of Matthew if you don't understand what came to the left of it. That's right. Exactly. You're going to yeah. completely misconstrue everything you read. We we, right. we constantly quote from Paul. You're not going to understand anything Paul wrote if you don't understand what he wrote about. Mm-hmm. You, know, you they, see that a lot in the church. They always say when you start studying, you should start studying the New Testament. But, you know, if if you do that, you need to, you need to go back and, and reference everything you're reading in the New Testament. That's, that's yes. how I done it. I started out by reading the New Testament, and then when I'd come to something that I didn't understand, I would look it up and see where that actually come from out of the Old Testament, and I'd go back and I'd read all that and be like, oh, now I understand. Yeah. I think it's good to start with the gospel, depend, yeah. depending on on how you process information, either John or Luke. Yes. They, they write in different, two very different ways, but after that, I think it's very important to go back to the beginning. It is. And read from the beginning so you understand, and then read the rest of the letters. I think I think that's very helpful to understanding what the Father actually expects from us. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to come away with with inaccurate understandings and expectations yeah. for yourself. Right. But that's why it's good to actually have a, a, a good study Bible. Because the study Bible, references. Yeah, because it references where, where that actually come from out of the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, everybody says, you know, well, Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament when he hung on the cross. True story, he did. He still wants us to understand what the Old Testament has to say. Well, and even that mm-hmm. is important to understand what fulfill means. Because we read fulfill in English as did away with, right. or canceled out. And that's not what that word means. No. That word is plerau in Greek, and it means to bring to a full measure. Exactly. That's what it means. So it's like the equivalent of, like, we read that and think, well, he took an X, put that over the Old Testament. We can ignore that. We don't have to apply that. And now we have something completely different. What fulfill actually means is, like, it's the equivalent of if you were writing a 20-chapter novel. And you wrote 18 chapters and then stopped, right? Everybody read the first 18, but they don't have the ending. Right. Jesus gave you chapter 19 and 20. Right. It doesn't cancel out chapters 1 through 18. If you got rid of chapters 1 through 18, you wouldn't understand the ending. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to put chapters 19 and 20 with chapters 1 through 18 as a complete novel to understand the full story. That's essentially what Jesus did. He gives us the final chapter. You know, the only thing Jesus, the only thing Jesus X'd out when he hung on the cross was us having to do sacrificial stuff to be able to come to God because he was actually the sacrificial lamb for each and every one of us. That's the only thing he crossed out of the old Testament. He fulfilled it. It was done. We don't have to do that no more. We don't have to go to the priest to talk to him. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to do confession. All we got to do is hit the knee, hit our knees, put our face on the floor and start talking to God and, and ask for forgiveness. That's what Jesus fulfilled and next out. No, no more sacrifices. Jesus was the ultimate. Yeah, I think I think it's a different type of sacrifice. I think yes. we still need to do sacrifice 
in the sense that you know that's why he says about yeah, death sacrifice, yes, yeah, animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's why he says present yourself a living sacrifice, yes. wholly acceptable. Exactly. And and so I think it's important to understand, you know, we bring the sacrifice of praise, you know, let it be a sweet smelling odor to him. And so it's like you it's like what Carl references a lot, that the covenant's no longer in stone, it's on our hearts. And the sacrifices are no longer with animal sacrifice and blood. It's with a heart exactly. that we bring our bring our sacrifices and praise to Him. Yes. Yeah. And thank you for yeah. elaborating yeah. on that. Yeah. And I don't want to get I don't want to get too deep on that because that would take another study, which we might get into eventually. But you see things if you if you do study, you know the I don't even like calling it the Old Testament because it it, it creates a, a a false division. But what we call the Old Testament when you study that out, there's a shift that occurs after the golden calf. Yeah. So he gives us the the covenant vows at Sinai. You have that from Exodus chapters 19 through 30. And then they commit the golden calf rebellion. Mm -hmm. And then something shifted. A, a change occurred. And you see in the text that he point blank tells us, and Peter Peter reiterates this in his letters to help us understand, what he wanted was a covenant, or I'm sorry, what he wanted was a kingdom of priests, an entire nation of priests. And what that essentially means is that everyone would have access to approach the Father. When they sinned and the Levites were the only ones that stood on the side of the Father and everybody else held on to their idolatry, that's when we got the Levitical priesthood. So instead of having a nation of priests, we had a set group of priests that we had to go to. Jesus essentially corrects that. Yes. He, and that's not an error from the Father, and it's not a fault in the law. It's a fault that was necessary. It was our fault that needed to be corrected and taught out of us, right? So Jesus shifts us back to a kingdom of priests. But what's important to understand about that, that doesn't mean he canceled out the Sinai command expectations. Because mm -hmm. you do see a distinction. You see a distinction between what was given at Sinai and what came after that at Moab. But a lot of the things that we in the churches try to cancel out are things that were at Sinai before that shift. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to study that stuff out. Sabbath is one example of that. That was never canceled out. And we have prophecies from Isaiah that show that being enforced in the future. You know what I mean? Same with, like, for example, the high holy period of Sukkot. We, we treat that like it's canceled out. Zechariah chapter 14 says that not only will that come back when Jesus returns, he'll strictly enforce it to the point where he'll withhold rain on entire groups of people if they refuse to come. <laughs> you know what I mean? So clearly it takes these things seriously, and those are things that go back to the Sinai covenant vows. And that's why I mentioned like the marriage language. When we treat the vows like they don't matter, mm. it doesn't build a healthy relationship. But if we treat the vows like they are the relationship, that doesn't build a healthy relationship either. It's about love. It's about a love covenant relationship that's a heart issue. And that's essentially what Jesus came to, to, to fix was the heart. Right. Instead of looking on tablets of stone, we have it on our heart now. Mm -hmm. And we should, out of our love and devotion for him, naturally seek to grow that devotion, grow that love, and and seek to be more attuned to him, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's why he tells us to, to write it on our hearts. Yes. yes, absolutely. And it's a growing process. And it's a growing it's process. It's important to remember yeah. that, too. You're not going to be perfect day one. Nobody will be. But it's that's why he looks at your heart to see, do you have devotion? Yeah. He's not looking to see, do you have perfect obedience right now? He's looking to see, do you have devotion that can lead to a perfected obedience exactly. over time? That's what he's looking for. You can at. have perfect obedience, but you can still not have the devotion. Exactly it. right. And I think that's yeah. what the Pharisees were guilty of. I think they had, well, I wouldn't even say that because one of the things Jesus corrected them for was the fact that they were setting laws aside for their own man-made traditions. So even right. then, even when you think that you love the, the, the laws, 
if you don't love the law giver, it will lead to you not loving the laws anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Even even your pursuit of the vows will sort of falter. Well, that's exactly why they change the laws all the time mm-hmm. to, to suit themselves. Right. Yeah. So I, my, believe, I believe he even told us to write it on our heart, even in Deuteronomy. Yes. Right. Teach your children, teach your grandchildren, keep it at the forefronts, mm-hmm. write them on your hearts so that you know who God is and we know what we're supposed to do. Well, you know. And so so even in the even in Deuteronomy, we're talking about writing it on our heart. Yes. So even that's not necessarily just a New Testament concept. It's it's, oh, absolutely. it's really throughout the whole scriptures that we're told to plant it deep in our heart and that God looks on our heart. Well, there's there's two things that I think most of us, most of us at one point thought was just a New Testament thing. One is circumcision of the heart. I think most believers believe that's something that just came up in the New Testament. You know, that's a phrase that Paul invented. No, that comes from Deuteronomy. Yeah, yep. that's that's something that Moses said. Yes. That was a concept that existed way back then. So that's that's not a New Testament concept. And when Jesus talks about the two great commands: love your neighbor as yourself, and love God with your whole heart. I can't tell you how many Christians I've seen that believe that that's like a, a new command that Jesus gave out of nowhere. Yeah, it no, it's not. He was quoting Leviticus and Deuteronomy yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Well, think so about, he's going back to the law. Think about Jesus in the, when he's in, being tempted. He's quoting scripture from Deuteronomy at that time. Yep. If that doesn't tell you how important the Old Testament is, I don't know what else it does. Well, that's what Jesus taught them is the Old Testament. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. all there was. He was that's all there was. They were writing the New Testament a- after Jesus. Yeah, he's teaching proper application. Yeah. That's yes. what he's teaching. He's not teaching a complete disregard. No. You know, if 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 he was going to disregard everything, like, then I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm not going to get into that side trail. Staying out of the weeds tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For yeah. Anybody say squirrel. Yeah, exactly. I had a guy at the shop today, and uh, he gave me a book. That was, he said, everything in this book was everything Jesus said in the Bible. And I'm like, is it to the point of everything? Actually, my son did. Little Bob goes, is that is that book really everything Jesus said? Or is it what Jesus said with this guy's, the, with the author's twist on it? The commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and and that can happen. Oh yeah, you know people write people write these books, and they're like, "Well, this is exactly what Jesus said. This is exactly how it happened." But you get to reading it, and you're looking at it, and sometimes it it, it gets twisted because of their perception. Yeah, right. You know, and but, that's and I told I mean he gave I took the book. I mean I wasn't I wasn't gonna be rude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it over and just kind of see mm-hmm. if it matches or don't matches. You know, if it doesn't match up with what God's word says here in this Bible, it's no good. It's no good to me. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll trash it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's you know we were talking about context being key on everything. You know, in 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 reading the scripture and everything, and realizing you know you can't just you know in a short form, I guess, you know, making sure you're reading before and after the scripture, not just one scripture and taking it and whatever you're going to do. But that's like what you're saying, Bob, though, is depending on you got to check and check your sources, yeah. you know, whose whose are you, whose opinion are you reading? Whose context are you reading? Is it appropriate or, you know, have they been vetted? Have they been all of these things? What do they have to back that up? Or is it just like, oh, hey, I'm Mike, I'm Mike. I'm gonna say this means this. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, you can, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna look that book over. I mean, you know, if I really want to know what Jesus said, I'll go right to the source. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I don't need I don't need to read a book that somebody wrote. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Bob I was sitting there thinking, why would somebody write a book about what Jesus said when all you got to do is go to your Bible and open it, and there's what he said. That's what I'm saying. No, you know, they, there's people that writes this stuff that's supposed to be biblical scholars or whatever you want to call them, you mm -hmm. know. But when you get to reading it, and I've, and I've read some books like that, when you get to reading it, it starts getting twisted as you read on down, you know, and, and their views aren't the same as what Jesus is actually describing. Yeah. You know, their views get off. Yeah, we got to remember, I mean, there's nothing wrong with good books and good commentaries yeah. and study Bibles, but we've got to remember the text is inspired, not the footnotes, right. not mm -hmm. the commentary. Not the exactly. Because that is that person's, whoever, whatever study Bible you plan on using, that is their version of what the scripture says. Yes. It's mm -hmm. not inspired. It's, yep. And so we've got to remember that and keep that in mind. Um, like I said, they're good. They're good to, for understanding, to help us grow and to help us learn. Right. And but but we've got to remember that right. the scriptures and, are the are the inspired text. Yeah, exactly. And we yeah. just we just heard a sermon on that too here a couple of weeks ago. You know, he said that uh, if you're just reading devotionals, are you truly are you truly worshiping God, or are you just mm -hmm. worshiping what them guys are saying? Yeah. You know, right. mm -hmm. but we got to be careful. We got to test everything. Yes, right, and we've got to test it against the Word of God. I can't tell you how often that you can you can take something that's a common belief within the churches and then point to a prophet that completely contradicts it, says the opposite, and nine times out of ten, the response is, "Well, why do all these other people believe this? Why do all these teachers throughout the centuries believe this? I don't know." but I don't care. The, the point is, this is what God says to his chosen prophets, to his, to his chosen mouthpieces. Mm -hmm. This is what the Most High says. I don't care what men said for centuries. I care what God says. And that's what we need to apply. Because very often, I think a lot of the stuff we believe, we don't necessarily believe it because the Bible says it. We believe it because everyone else believes it. Oh, yeah. So but, we adopt it. Well, yeah. I had a guy tell me, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was just, that reminded me of that passage in Acts. Where the where they're standing in front, the apostles are standing in front of the high priests and the scribes and all that, and they're telling them, "Do not go out there and preach anymore about this Jesus." Mm -hmm. And he says, "Am I to do what a man says or what God says to do?" Yeah. Exactly. That, I'm sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there because it popped into my head. Going, that's important. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very important. And you know, I had a guy tell me one time. He goes, "You know." I don't read the Bible because it was it was wrote by a man. I'm like it may have been wrote by a man, but it was God. It was God inspired. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you can prove that out by how you, often it it like the prophecies that have come true. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest is I I interrupted you, Bob. I'm sorry. No, you're Go fine. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the biggest is the prophecy naming Cyrus the Great by name, mm -hmm. like what two centuries mm -hmm. before he was even born. Like we have those Isaiah scrolls dated, yeah, and they came like a couple of centuries before Cyrus was even born. Exactly. Named him by name, called him Cyrus, his servant, and described what he was going to do. Yeah. How how can how can any man know that that's going to happen? It's got it's all inspired by God. Well, as a historian, I can tell you, um, not that I use my history stuff a lot but we have used historians have used as a historical record without fail the bible because it is so accurate yeah because well number one like you said it was inspired by god but not only that it's historically correct because we can prove it mm -hmm. through history mm -hmm. and you know for the for those out there listening you go well it's just a bunch of words some guy back in, in greece wrote down you know, that's not the case. 
the case is you can prove what's on these pages. Yeah. Yeah. If you have the, if you have the wherewithal to go do it. Well, mm -hmm. you know, there's okay. been, there's been so many men that have tried to debunk the Bible and they failed and they failed. Actually, they didn't fail. They actually uh, became great men of God. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, yeah. there's a quick story I'll tell because I know Mike's got a Alpha Mike's got an engaging engagement. He's got to get to. Uh, there's a quick story uh, about a, those bus tracks in your back feel okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a story about a man at NASA. He was a scientist, a physicist, and they were trying to figure out. You know, they they know how long the light from the stars takes to get here from certain parts, and you know all that high high eyebrow mathematics stuff. And they were trying to account for the number of days and something. And the physicist says, well, that's the day that God blotted out the sun. That's why we can't figure it out. And of course, everybody in the room went, what are you talking about? Well, you know the story. The day the sun stood, beneath, the sun stood still. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And perfectly, perfectly, once they applied that to their problem, their mathematical problem, it worked out perfect. Mm -hmm. Now, there is no other explanation for it. There's mathematics again. I'm a big math guy. I like math. Proving, once again, the validity of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. These are some of the smartest people in the world working at NASA. Yep. But yet, so many people are willing to take the word of the man on the street. Says, that's not true. It's just a bunch of words. Yep. Well, I, don't know, I don't know where I'm going with it. Mike, it's a little no. It's a little like like Carl talking about the because um, they're looking for that relationship of what have you done for me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What can I get out of this? Yeah, you know, and it goes back to now. A lot of the people in today's society is what have you done for me lately? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, ten years ago I saw you do this thing, but what about now? But isn't that the story in the Bible? Mm -hmm. The oh, Israelites yeah. relived. Over and over and over again. Yep. And aren't we all still doing that at times? Oh, well, look at yeah, oh, yeah, look at judges. And the judges, know, yeah. Talking about all all of them, and every time you know, it's we don't seem to learn from on history. and on. Yeah, there's a reason that we say we don't learn from history because it repeats itself because we're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Because <laughs> well, like I, I remember when we were going through judges in our small group, and it was one of those things that you hear all of the accounts, and but then you think of of how long in the time frame it was yeah. for some of them. But then in judges, it was some that they weren't even a generation out. So they lived through this before, saw what had happened and knew once you turn back to God, then he, you know, he was going to appoint a judge and everything was going to be fine. And they still went out and did the same thing time yeah. after time after time. They're stupid. Well, yeah. it, well they're selfish. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Selfishness. Yeah. It goes back to that, that marriage covenant stuff. Yep. They wanted yep. the love from the father. They didn't want to yep. exhibit love for the father. Right. So once they got what they wanted, they went back to, to their pig pen mm -hmm. every time. And we do the same thing. Yep. You know, unless we get in a habit of finger pointing, we do the exact same thing. Oh, you know, yeah. Honestly, look around at the churches and it's almost it's almost turned into the the everyone does what seems right in their own heart paradigm. Mm -hmm. As long as we put a Jesus tag on it, it's OK. And that's not how the blood of Jesus works. Right. The blood of Jesus isn't something that you can just, you know, slather over your sin and wallow in it. Right. It's supposed to lead you to to transformation and repentance is what mm -hmm. is what. The goal should be it, if you love the Father, if you love Jesus, that should be what you want. 
And that's exactly why there's so many different denominations and so many different churches out there. Exactly. Because somebody will be like, man, I don't like how they're doing that because they're not wanting to do it my way. So I'm going to go start another one. Yeah. And it's about my way. It would be okay if there was division because we're trying to get back to scripture and people don't want to be, don't want to be aligned with scripture. Division isn't always evil. You know what I mean? Like he, but Jesus made it clear. He came to bring a sword because there will be some who want to align with the father's way and others who are rebellious and they will naturally divide themselves out. But the problem is what you're talking about, Bob, we want to do it my way. It's not really about the father's way. It's about my way. We've got to get past that. Mm -hmm. I know you've got somewhere to be Mike. So we're going to pull the, the needle off the record, put a bookmark on the study for next week. Final thoughts. Um, I, we were talking earlier about with the marriage covenant and the, um, the things with your kids. And this is stuck in me, my head since I saw it today that, um, let's be cognizant of what we're teaching our kids because you'll, you're not only raising your children, but you're helping to raise your children's children too. Yes, sir. I don't know if I can. I don't think I can follow that. That's good. <laughs> you tapped out? No. <laughs> um, you know, I think... Uh, we all do better. <laughs> we were waiting. I always got something to say. Whether it's right or wrong, I'll be like, Mike, I'll be like, man, I don't know if I should have said that. <laughs> but no, you know, and I'm guilty of this time after time after time, you know, um, when you when you, when you you know that you should be in that love covenant with, with God, but yet things start getting bad, you know, we start recessing back because we're, we're like, oh, God don't love us that much anymore. Yeah, I used to be that way. And, you know, we'd recess back and we'd, we'd try to hide ourselves from God, kind of like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Yeah. You know? Yep. But God already knows, though. I mean, I don't care how deep of it. You can go as deep in the earth as you want. He's still there. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. He's still there. So my thing is, is, you know, why why prostitute yourself out for the world when you know you've got a loving God that wants to take care of you more than the world will ever take care of you? The world's gonna beat you down. Mm-hmm. God's gonna lift you up. That's where that's that's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Sound like Forrest Gump there for a moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you should be insulted by that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Forrest Gump was, he was pretty cool. Mama said, life's like a box of justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right. No, you don't. <laughs> I think you started off the podcast with faithfulness, and I think it goes along with trust as well. And that's really hard. I we, we talked about, in our Bible study small group last night, we talked about one of my favorite verses because it's the hardest and it's Proverbs 35, and I know it's a very familiar verse, but what does it really look like to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Mm. To just to give Him everything. I think about that all the time, Micah. To give Him the, the praise and the worship and the adoration and the awe that, that He deserves. Yeah. Because He is trustworthy. He's proven that. We've talked about the Scriptures. It's the only book that has stood the test of time. I can't go and... I can't, um, I'll, I'll date my age here. I graduated college in 97. I can't take my textbook and go take those same classes and go, I already got the textbook. No, because that book's out of print, right? It's outdated. There's something, there's newer, there's a newer and updated version. 
Yet the Bible has stood the test of time. Yeah. It doesn't go out of print. People have tried to make it go out of print mm-hmm. and they've been unsuccessful. And so God's word is true all the time, no matter what situation. Faithfulness, faith is being obedient to God no matter what, even if it doesn't make sense. You know, God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son. I'm sure, man, I know he knew the he knew what he knew Isaac was a son of promise, but God doesn't demand human sacrifice, never has. And so, but he was willing to be obedient to that. Told Noah to build an ark. He didn't know what an ark was because this water is going to, they're talking about some rain coming in our area. We live in mid-Missouri. I won't date stamp it because Ronnie will get mad. But we live in mid-Missouri. We know what rain is. Right. But yet, but yet, um, you know, he tells them to build a boat because there's going to be some rain. So just trust in the Lord and then trust in him and follow follow through with what he what he says right. because it is trustworthy and you can you can you can count on it so i think it awkward a dog wandered into our recording area and we have no idea where he came from so <laughs> mike other mike one of the mics mike mike and micah that's going to get super confusing at some point yeah well is that kind of like ed ed and eddie <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know if i should take offense to that or yeah. not well, the forest hey, gump come right yeah <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, for me, I was sitting here listening, and uh, the word that kept coming to me was discernment. I don't know. I don't know why. It's something I've been praying on a lot, so that I can discern what I should be doing, how I should be listening, and I, I'm coming down to the fact that I think it means to. Go all in. Hmm. And I thought I was all in. But he's clarified some things for me in a term that Carl actually used sifting. Man, I, I bet that calendar is full. Because what he's trying to sift out of me. Don't be afraid of it. I was afraid. Someone said the other day that fear. How'd you put that, Carl? Is not trusting the Lord and expecting the enemy to show up instead of God to show up. Fear is believing that the enemy will show up and believing that he can win. Trust is knowing that God's already got it in hand. And I think that's where I am. And I bet you there's a lot of folks out there in the same place. Because I was a problem solver all my life. I have been worked on and beat on and I can't solve my problems. There's one man that can on God, Jesus is the answer. If you don't know him, please send us an email. We'd love to talk to you, share the gospel, the good news with you. I think I think I'll end on that note. All right. It's cool you brought up discernment because I was walking and praying today, and that's the word that he hit me with was discernment. And uh, your idea of discernment will lie to you if you don't take his word seriously. He gives us this word for a reason, and I just want to close with, because when we were talking about testing everything, uh, Acts chapter 17 came to mind, and I'm just going to read that to show what, what it means to, to have a, a whole heart for the Father, for the Father's ways and not your own ways. Starting in verse 10, it says, The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. They'd been persecuted in Thessalonica. And when they arrived... They went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now, these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, 
for they receive the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. You notice why they were noble-minded there? Because they didn't just take what Paul was teaching at face value. They tested it, they tested it against the word of God to see if it was true or not. And when they found, according to the word of God, that it was true, they accepted it. Not because Paul said it, because God said it. That needs mm -hmm. to be our heart. Whenever we're taught something, we need to test it against the word of God and always align ourselves with his way, not man's way. Even if that, even if that leads you on a path where you're walking alone. Because yeah. you're not really alone. The Father's there. And that is my final thought. And that's where we're going to end the record this week. If you want to reach out to us and uh, contact us like, like Mike, one of the Mike's. <clears throat> the Western Mike. The non-alpha like Mike, yes. Moon Mike. That would be that would be Eddie. Eddie. All right. Fair <laughs> well, enough. Thank you for us. <laughs> you can email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on social media on Facebook, or you can find us on Twitter. The links are in the description below. Be sure and share the podcast with your friends. Leave us a positive review, whatever you're wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify or Apple, that helps us out a lot. And thanks so much for listening. We pray this has been a blessing to you. Bob, you want to lead us out in prayer? Sure. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we just, uh, oh, Father, we just thank you for this study that we've had, this talk we've had. Father, uh, I just pray that uh, it reaches somebody's heart. And Father, just, uh, I just pray that uh, they can come to the understanding that uh, uh, you're the only way. Father, I thank you for allowing me to understand that because I know it took you a long time to get me there. Father, uh, I just pray that we can go out and just share your gospel, just share your word. Father, just uh, just bring people to to your saving grace. Father, because we know, we know that you're the one that can save them, not us. But, Father, we know that you use us to guide them to you. And Father, we just thank you and praise you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Coming back for righteous war to establish it Yeshua, I'm a Shia, you my lord, I confess it If I die in battle for you, that'd be a beautiful blessing I got the fire in me, ain't no retiring I'ma keep looking skyward while I shoot It's the way that you hardwired me Ain't either way, I know I'm hitting my target A train shooter, I know I'm just supposed to aim at the darkness Where I breathe ASAP, Nikki Gracious, we warrior Two could never stand against us if the lord be for us I'm ready You can tell that I'm already